Hey, Scott, here's something fresh and new. Oh. Yeah, you've heard of Frankenstein, but have you heard of Frank Einstein? No. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Mr. Einstein. This is a CGI graphic novel slash comic book by Lorenzo West of West Comics. This is sword, sorcery, and sci-fi tech during the Roman Empire, and it's only available on Substack.com. That's Frank Einstein from West Comics on Substack.com. And it also now includes Robot Romance, a sci-fi series, just in time for Valentine's Day. Well, <laughs> not, I kind of miss Valentine's Day by a little bit, but we're all in the Valentine spirit. So yeah, it's, still it's never a bad time for robots to smash. Anyway, <laughs> and while we have your attention, why don't we give a little shout out to our benevolent corporate overlords at Fangoria Magazine. In 1979, the first issue of Fangoria was released into the world. Fangoria is better than ever. Each issue bringing you 100 pages of exclusive, carefully curated content honoring horrors past, present and future. These articles and interviews will never be published online, so the only way to read them is by getting your hands on a physical, collectible copy of your own. We can't give anything away because we want the experience to be a surprise, but we can safely say that you do not want to miss a single page. Head to Fangoria.com to learn more and to, you know, subscribe. And while you're there, make sure to enter the promo code KINGCAST to save 25% off your yearly subscription. Now on with that show. Mm. My name is Stephen King. The ice is gonna break! Bad love! Bad love! Sir! Sometimes, that is better. Hello, and welcome back to the KingCast on the Fangoria Podcast Network. My name is Eric Vespi. And I'm Scott Wampler. And we are your hosts. Today's topic, Stephen King's 1977 novel, The Shining, and our guest is one of the hardest working men in the business. He's an actor, writer, and director who's appeared in everything from Christopher Nolan's Memento and The Dark Knight Rises uh, to Bad Teacher, Hancock, I Love You Man, Hell Baby, which is one of Wampler's favorites, by the way, Mm -hmm. uh, and Balls of Fury. But you'll probably know him best as Lieutenant Jim Dangle on Reno 911. I think I called you Dango. Let me try that again. You know, somebody did a poster once that was Dangle Unchained, and it actually was, it looked amazing. <laughs> it was like that exact kind of that cool little block cut poster that they did for Django. Somebody did one of Dangle, which is pretty badass. If you, it's, it's on the internet. You'll find it. I won't go find it. I that, hope yeah. that you printed that out and have that framed and mm-hmm. like above your bed or something. It's somewhere. It's somewhere. <laughs> it's in an attic. Uh, you'll probably know him. Oh, yeah. Hi. It's, Dango. it's Lieutenant Dango. It's Lieutenant Dango is there. Hi, guys. Uh, Lieutenant Dango of the Reno Sheriff's Apartment. <laughs> this intro is all sorts of off the rails but i'm Love going it. to finish it anyway i'm going to I say that <laughs> that mr thomas lennon is here please welcome him to the king cast stage that sounds accurate yes uh thanks you guys <laughs> called a stage even though i'm in a basement in wisconsin i love it mm-hmm. thanks basements yeah, can be a stage. It's lovely to be here on the stage <laughs> Uh, I don't know why when you mentioned that the only thing that flashed in my mind was uh, <laughs> was Buffalo Bills <laughs> basement. Yeah, in, basement in of course. Yeah. Of oh lines. no, that's very much what it is. I've got a senator's daughter down here, Perfect. and <laughs> I'm making a dress out of her. You know, I'm just doing the classic, turning it into a dress, and then I got mm-hmm. my little dog and everything. It's been going really. I mean, it's been going really great. That's yeah, been gonna, one of the fun things about quarantine, though, is we all picked up these new we, hobbies. We right? picked up new stuff. I mean, I was doing first of all, I was doing a lot of Duolingo. Right. Then I kidnapped right. the senator's daughter. Mm-hmm. And I'm making her into a suit, but I, you know, I'm going to incest. I've been making mm-hmm. bombs. 
It's pretty cool. Oh, so you just went, you went full uh, Unabomber. That's sort of more Pacific. I don't know what I'm going to do with them yet, but it couldn't Mm -hmm. hurt to have like, you know, 800 pounds of nails in my garage. When uh, when you listed all my credits, uh, you didn't notice that I've been making some bombs for years, like a little movie called Herbie Fully Loaded. (laughs) I thought that movie made money, didn't it? The movie actually made a lot. We always slag on Herbie Fully Loaded because it's a funny thing to say. (laughs) <laughs> but but it actually did very well. And there's a weird, there's so many weird things about Herbie Fully Loaded, which we wrote, Ben Grant and I. One of which is that it like made, it did quite well, fairly well. And it's actually kind of good. But it's just so fun to talk shit about it that it's more fun to do that than to say anything nice about it. So we, <laughs> well, we end up the, never it's, saying it's, yeah. it's all in the title, man. It's like. The title, you know, what's more fun yeah. to say? Yeah. <laughs> uh, one 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 of your titles that I mm-hmm. really would like to focus on for just a moment, and, mm-hmm. and Eric mm-hmm. name checked it in the uh, sure. disastrous intro we just gave, mm. uh, is Hell Baby. <laughs> Hell I Baby. love Hell Baby so so much. Thank you. And um, I was really excited when you were coming on because uh, I just wanted to nerd out. Let's about do a whole we'll do a whole cast about that one one time because I, I really love that picture. Almost no one's seen it. <laughs> I know. But, well, I was but, I was uh, thinking about uh, it last night because I was watching it again, and and there were people like comedy people I know that oh, were. It almost never really even came out, which is weird because it's got like the cast is incredible. That that movie had a bunch of different titles. At one point, it was called Murder House. Mm-hmm. At one point, uh, Keegan Michael Key noted genius who plays like he's sort of actually the the doc he's sort yeah. of um <laughs> uh he's pretty much doc doc halloran like he's the doc halloran of that movie and he at one point describes this oh people just called it the spooky old house on down the way and we almost called it the spooky old house on down the way <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that we did not change the title to this that spooky old house on down the way is one of the great regrets of my adult career yeah <laughs> I was oh, wondering that's... last night when I was watching it if mm-hmm. Rob Corddry's character was named Jack after Jack and the Shining. Uh, probably. It's probably an easy sort of thing to do. There's a lot of sort of Shining stuff. The the old woman in um mm-hmm. the 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 old woman depends on if you're in the book or in the, if you're in the movie what the the, the number of the room is called mm-hmm. obviously. But yeah, Mrs. Newsbaum is basically just uh, you know it was so weird. We're like, what if we just got a like an old naked old lady like is what Stanley Kubrick did. <laughs> we're like, no, we're not going to do that. Instead, we're going to make a prosthetic that costs like $75,000 that never works right, that takes forever and put a sketch comedy guy. Alex Berg <laughs> is in the Mrs. Nussbaum suit in that movie. <laughs> yeah. He's also naked underneath it because it's like 150 inside the suit. Oh, God uh, damn. Oh, just awful. In awful New stuff. Orleans, no less. In New Orleans. And we filmed, we, we were done by June, but still in New Orleans, even by the time you get to like June 1st, it's, it's toasty. Anyway, Man. if you haven't seen Hell Baby, it's available everywhere. It never really came out, which is a bummer because it like it went to Sundance and like everybody's amazing in it. Leslie Bibb's incredible. Ricky Lindholm's amazing. This isn't Got the first it. time that Scott's actually talked about it on the show because he's yeah, brought it up right. with Kumail. We've had Kumail on the show and he Kumail's yeah. incredible. Kumail is so funny in that movie. The yeah. fucking when he goes in the van. Oh my god, the try. best. The best. <laughs> And Rob Hubble has one of my Hubel, yeah, yeah. Hubel, yes, those guys uh, are insane. <laughs> it's Hubel and Sheer as the cops, and if you notice, we just flipped their name tags. So <laughs> Hubel says Sheer, and Sheer says Hubel. That's literally like that's how much effort went into decisions on that movie. He has one of the just best like, line readings ever, though, when he's like, oh, when he gets tasered. It's or, it's right after that, hmm. and he's he's he says something to the effect of, uh, "Still don't know why that old lady was." dazed and walking around covered in dirt but but fuck it right like, it's, all we got is a gruesome crucifixion murder i don't know 
Um, it's so good. That movie and, goes real high and real low. I really, really, I wish, I wish maybe you guys, this, maybe after this podcast and people will click on that movie. I think you can get it anywhere for like $2 now, but. It's on um, IMDb, the IMDb channel with ads. So oh, with it's ads. a classy experience. Do they, do they, do they censor it quite a bit? No, not at no, all. Not at all. No. Um, Ricky was a very good sport. Ricky was one of my very good friends and old friends. There's a scene where Ricky's just completely nude talking to Rob, but not about, it's not a sex scene. <laughs> it's just really weird. She's yeah. just talking about how we're all animals and stuff. And then Keegan comes in, <laughs> but she's brave and she's a, just a badass. Ricky Lindholm. Indeed. Well, yeah. to any of our listeners who have not seen Hell Baby, I'm begging you to please seek that movie out and give it the attention it deserves. It is so goddamn funny. We might okay. So last bit, last bit of Hell Baby trivia. <laughs> there was originally a backstory where you see uh, both of our priests how they got into how they got into being Jesuits and doing exorcisms. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Ben's character was like an, an Italian dude who uh, had been like assassinated by the mafia. There was in, he was in a mafia crossfire attack or something like that, and you see him. It's sort of it's it's a little bit like the Pietà. He's being like revived by these nuns, <laughs> and then. I had been gored uh, by a bull, but you also see that we meet, we meet at a Jesuit convention in the Amazon and I'm being attacked by an anaconda out in the river. And he, uh, so Ben's character comes out and shoots the anaconda. And then I punch Ben in the face uh, for not letting me fight the anaconda like a man. <laughs> and, and so we shot that in city park in new Orleans. It was the first shot of the movie. It was about six o'clock in the morning. Uh, in you know like April, and the our stunt guy, who's also a nuisance wrangler, they call it, had pulled eleven alligators out of the exact area where mm. we were going to film that little scene. <laughs> Jesus mm -hmm. Christ! And I don't know if you know about me. Like, like one of my main things is like I get really, really afraid of water that's dark, mm. like water that I can't see into, because it's just full of nightmares. You know, it's oh, got to yeah. be full of nightmares. And all weekend before we started shooting, Jeff stunt guy and uh, nuisance wrangler, which is literally what they call that. <laughs> um, I don't think alligators are nuisances, but he, that's what they call it. Uh, he's texting me the pictures of the alligators he's pulling out. He's like, this is right where you're going to be standing Monday at 6 a.m. So we shot this scene. I'm up to my chest in City Park in a swamp in New Orleans with a giant fake anaconda around my neck. It's freezing cold. The water's disgusting. I'm writhing and flailing and screaming. That scene's not in the movie. We cut it. <laughs> Yeah, why did you... But sometimes you do, like, you... the worst, worst stuff in the world. It's not in the movie. <laughs> you relocated all those poor alligators mm -hmm. who just wanted to, like, make their they're homes. Just chilling, they were just making babies in City Park. Yeah. Did it just uh, <laughs> did it just fuck up the pacing or, you know? Uh, it did. We kept... Yeah, usually, when you make a movie like that, the one thing that keeps happening as you edit it uh, is it just gets shorter. <laughs> it's just <laughs> always getting shorter. And we're like, man, I love this movie. I wish it was, like, eight minutes shorter. We need to get that Criterion release going, dude. I know. Yeah. We, we get restore all this footage. Yeah, you need that Hell, Hell Baby 1.5 or whatever. That's the Judd <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, the Snyder Cut. Yes. <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just call, call, call it HBO Max. Call it Hell Baby the Snyder Cut. No one can stop you. Wait till Zack Snyder. <laughs> no, he can definitely sue us, but I don't, I don't care. By the way, if he sues us over us calling it Hell Baby the Snyder Cut, I feel like everybody wins. That's just yeah. win all around. Yeah. If you're not for that, you're a dick. Come you're on. Not, and you're not That's getting funny. less eyeballs on it in the process. <laughs> okay, uh, should we I, talk about the thing that we're going to talk about? Uh, we oh, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. But right before before we do that, um, 
you brought up relocating alligators, and I have to mm, mention sure. my New Orleans relocating alligators. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Go, go to bed now. What you got, Cher? <laughs> Come on. Uh, I went to the set, and I brought this up on the show fairly recently, too, mm. so apology, I, mm-hmm. but uh, not this part of it. But I, I brought up, I went to this Nicolas Cage movie that was shooting in the abandoned Nick, uh, uh, Six Flags. I almost I'm aware it of the Flags. project. It's called uh, uh, Six Flags Dixieland. <laughs> it I'm was, aware of this it, film it was, because it is a film project starring Nicolas Cage. I'm doing Andy Samberg version. Metal of when I went, and I think you ended up like taking some like uh, taken so, uh, ripoff name it was like stolen or something. Stolen. Why yeah, did you so, steal this child? Yeah, so, somebody somebody acquired <laughs> surreptitiously. Yeah, uh, it was called metal because Nick- it was it was like somebody kidnapped her in a, in a taxi cab or something sure. that had, and sure. was tracking the, the cab, and sure. it all culminates in this uh, old Recently abandoned Six Flags Over Dixon, which is kind of like his movie, uh, the not Five Night at Freddy's movie he made this yes. year. Yes. It's a, a also little bit. sort of in a band, in a band, not quite, but you know, I feel like they could have knocked out both those movies in the same right. location. That was one of the most fascinating places I've ever been. It, it's like you see all those pictures of urban explorers and stuff, and they go oh, into no, these no, it's, abandoned it's a trip. amusement parks, and it's like it's nightmare right factories. And it's literally right there, there's an old empty Six Flags in a swamp. You know, about 40, 35 minutes out of outside of New Orleans. And it sounds welcoming. Ev- everything's there. Like they live like the computers and shit. It was it, it was all abandoned after Katrina. I gotta and say, you can the, see like the the flood lines on the walls, like how far the water went up and destroyed everything. The it fact was, that Nicolas Cage doesn't, you know, he had two houses in New Orleans. He he bought the Lowry Mansion and he also had a place in the Garden District. Hmm. Which some people who know New Orleans will say, hey, that's a 25-minute walk, guy. Do you need those two houses? Um, <laughs> I mean, unless you're walking really slowly, it's about 25, maybe 30 at the most. Uh, but well, I don't, don't know if you think... know this about Cage, but he is notorious mm-hmm. for managing his finance as well. I, I, uh, you know, I was just, I've been looking, I've been hovering, my mouse has been hovering over that T-Rex head that he's got up, that he's put <laughs> up on um, Facebook Marketplace. So, um yeah, uh, here's my question. I, you know, yeah. I don't want to tell this guy about his career because I just saw Pig and I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. But don't you think there's a version of Nicolas Cage that should live with his child bride in that old amusement park? Mm. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like um, some sort of island of Dr. Moreau type. Yeah. Guy. Some yeah. crazy phantom-ish thing. You know, that he's you sort know, of a phantom. It's like a phantom park. and he's mm. got his, child, his beautiful child bride. Yep. Yeah. No, it's perfect. And, and Tim Burton can have like the Euro version of that. <laughs> overseas <laughs> he, um, he, the guest house is the old abandoned like haunted did you guys see pig by the way the... oh yeah one of my oh, favorite yeah, movies amazing. of the year one yeah. of my favorite movies of the year by by far i bet yeah. he gets nominated for it 100 percent. oh i'm I, sure i yeah, i think there's budget. an argument if he doesn't win for that no no he, he'll he'll be nominated for that for sure and if he is yeah. not and if he doesn't win who will take it hmm mm. i don't know man i don't Denzel. know anymore it's always oh, Denzel. Denzel. Uh, Denzel. Oh, Denzel. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ruh-roh. The answer oh, yeah. is always Denzel. That's, uh, um, yeah, but uh, you can't. Come on, man. <laughs> but the alligator removal, they did have the, what'd you call it? Mm-hmm. The nuisance, nuisance. removal? Oh, by the way, they're the same guy. I know the guy who did your nuisance removal. Um, his name is Jeff Galpin. Oh, there it yeah, is. Yeah, and he's a New Orleans friend of mine. And one of the things he does is uh, he'll come in and get like, if you've got like a big water moccasin that's like mm-hmm. parked in, like sitting on the hood of your car or something, right. he's not afraid to like pick it up and move it somewhere. Oh, yeah. No, none of those guys are. Um, it's weird. I, I'm at the one point of the, in my life. Yeah, I've got a snake guy in New Orleans, and I've got a snake guy in L.A. <laughs> it's 
So if you guys need snake eyes, I guess just hit me up in the DMs. Please don't tell me that. I don't have an East Coast snake guy yet, so I guess I guess I kind of need one. Rhode Island snake guy. Rhode Jake the snake. Yeah, got nobody in New England. But one of the things that I was there to see shoot was like this big like centerpiece action scene where a car drives into the man-made lake that's at the center. Absolutely of this, and it like you know it crashes. It's not like oh, just falls into the thing it's like falls over like 20 feet of concrete into this lake. oh yes and the stunt driver i was standing around them while they were doing the safety meeting and the, i your buddy must have been the guy because he was probably the, the nuisance guy was around there saying yeah so we pulled like four gators out of there um uh, like right right at sunset it was a night shoot right at sunset we think there's more in there but we can't find them and so you're just gonna mm-hmm. have to do the stunt and, and hope that None yeah, if you don't if you don't land on them, it's probably going to be okay. They're actually pretty docile creatures who don't <laughs> who don't want to fight you. Yeah, they, they just want you to not bug them, but don't step on their head because then you just bug them. Mm. And their their rule, vision, the rule, yeah. their vision's very shitty too. Yeah, That's yeah, how yeah, all those know. those alligator like trick people when they put their heads in their, their jaws. Time. The reason they can do that is because they can't see in front of them. Mm. So they, <laughs> they have can't no even idea do those magic like eye things. Those guys made it. There's literally no, there's no internet video for me. Like somebody who was kissing an alligator or somebody who's like smacking an alligator with a little stick to see what happens. <laughs> yep. Oh God, you, are, I love you, it are you so rooting much. for him to get bit? I can't oh, wait to see. I want to see a head go completely away. <laughs> like you just thought it was a great idea. You're like, I'm a guy who's going to whack an alligator with a little stick. All right. It's mm-hmm. literally just like the, the like karma is so fun sometimes. Oh, hubris, oh, um, sure. Hubris, hubris, hubris guys. So the, no, but my buddy's rule, who's a nuisance guy in in Louisiana, was like, look, if there's a body of water and you're in Louisiana and it's big enough to hold an alligator, it probably has alligators in it. <laughs> like they're like that. Like it's the easiest flow chart of all time. Is it big? <laughs> is it is it a piece of water? Is it in Louisiana? Could it conceivably hold an alligator? Then it almost <laughs> nec- definitely does. Yeah, the it, end. It no more flow chart. Can't ca- uh, it count does. as a bath. Yep, it does. Yes, done. Uh, also of note, uh, I am a Disney Parks fan. They fucking Same. pull alligators out of all the lagoons around Disney World 100%. every day. Multiple gators a day, all the time. Of course, yeah. It's but they but don't. The real estate they don't tell the reasonable. Truth, Walt was not a dum dum. Walt knew, <laughs> like, hey, I'm going to get this really, really great giant piece of real estate. The one thing is there's a, a thing that will occasionally try to eat some folks. And, you know, and may he occasionally succeed in eating. Okay, eating very, a, very, a very, very child. seldom succeed. Very seldom yeah. succeed. Well, so yeah, we'll I mean, just the numbers pave over the whole thing. <laughs> very seldom succeed. <laughs> um, we should probably focus. Yes, we'll focus now. <laughs> yes. Now we'll focus. Um, well, let, well, let's start here. What is, uh, Tom, what's your, your Stephen King origin story? I guess the before I ever read any of the books... I've not read all of the books, but I guess I should preface this with I consider Stephen King to be one of the greatest American writers, living or dead. You know, when you see his films, I think a lot of people uh, sort I think it, it some of the films definitely, you know, tarnish his record as one of the greatest writers ever because you see them and you're like, hey, that didn't seem that great. And you're like, well, go look at the book because like the book is nuanced and like he can give you the point of views of all these different people and tell mm-hmm. you stories um, that take a lot of time and a lot of subtlety and thoughtfulness. And ultimately when you throw those things up on screen, they either get, they can get very good, which I think has happened probably six times, five or six times, seven, maybe. Um, or they can get a little wacky. 
<laughs> and, you know, unfortunately still a lot. But, you know, so I guess my first, before I'd really read anything, when I was a kid, it would be about 1979, probably, or 80, and The Shining's coming out the film. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, you know, TV used to be pretty different. You guys are young. But when I was a kid, there was, you know, there was three channels in PBS. That was it. The TV would, you know, like in the movie Poltergeist, the TV would go off after like Johnny mm-hmm. Carson. And then sometimes right. there'd be like a movie and then the television would go off into the, yeah, mo- until the morning. Yeah. And yeah. There wasn't yeah, that anything. That static shit was real. <laughs> that yeah. was real. So yeah. we would just, and there'd be like, America was like, go to bed. You got a job, but you got a factory or something. So go the fuck to bed and get, get up in the morning. <laughs> yep. Um, so... The commercial, the television commercial for The Shining, which we can probably link into this ad, I'm sure, was one of the scariest things. It was just a 30 or 60 second commercial for the film of The Shining that was coming out around, I guess, I guess I got to say, is it 1980? Yeah, 80s when Shining came out, yeah. And one of my uncles, my uncle Mike, was like, we're going to go see that. And I was like, yes. And every time it came on, I'm like, oh my God. He's like, you know, it's, it's got the, it's, there's just a little, not that much happens in the ad, but it ends with him like running through the maze with the ax. Isn't it just, is this the ad that's just like, you know, various still shots and the ominous music playing? Oh, there was also that one. I feel like it had at least a piece of footage of the ax through the maze type stuff. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was just spooky sounds and then a book by Stephen King is coming to the screen or so it's just something like that, you know, right. which it used to be. They used to always do that. Like that book that you read on that thing is going to be on that screen. Um it's from the so, modern master of horror. The, the, from the master of horror, Stephen King. Big news. <laughs> um so did not uh my uncle was like gonna take you, gonna take you, gonna take you. Obviously he ran that by my parents who were like, There is no way in the world you're taking that ten year old to go see that film. So I was not allowed to see it, which of course then makes it the forbidden fruit. Mm-hmm. So then I probably see it, you know, probably in the era of like VHS or just a little bit later, you know, when things like that come up. And I, I'm, I'm one of those people who I'm like, I, I bet a lot of people did this where you see the film of The Shining and you're like, wow, that's, that was good. That's really good, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he definitely seems like he's going to kill them on page one. <laughs> Jack Nicholson in the first page of the script is like, I'm going to literally kill. I'm going to kill all you guys so hard. You're all going to be dead. Isn't it this where the Donner party was? I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill all of you. And like, so there's like, it doesn't build. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's get some way. lovely backstory about, about no. their life before this. Oh yeah. He sent his kid to the hospital nope. in a drunken uh, rage. Very great. Well, she does <laughs> yeah. tell that. Wendy tells a little bit of that to the psychiatrist, yeah. which is actually in both, both the miniseries and the book true. and the thing. Okay. Although it's again, like everything with Stephen King, it's much, much, much more elegant in the book, obviously. Well, right. So, but there's no arguing the shining, the film as a work of art in its own right. I mean, it's, it's one for the books forever. It's it's incredible. You know, how unrelated it is to the book in a lot of ways is a trip also. Right. And I know that really, 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 really bugs Stephen King, and he's spoken <laughs> about it many times. Yeah. Um, but, and it's weird, you know, as a, as a writer, I'm, I'm right now the first ever of my, I've written three novels, and I'm adapting the first one for DreamWorks. It's called Ronan Boyle and the Bridge of Riddles. So... You know, it's interesting. And Stephen King has actually adapted lots of his Mm -hmm. own stuff, which is also interesting. But, I mean, you have to look at, he did take many of the best things from the book. A lot of it still works. And then he tweaked a bunch of stuff to make it more cinematic. Anyway, so what I did was saw the original film probably once, twice. Now we're 10 times I've seen it, 20, probably 25 times I've seen it. Then I read the novel. Hmm. 
like as an almost adult. And like after you'd seen it that yes, many times? Yes, I'd already seen the film as, a, as like a teenager through high school on VHS and stuff over and over and over again. Then, uh, living in LA, and I read two books back to back when I was like in my first apartment in the Hollywood Hills, it was real small and there was nobody around. I read Helter Skelter and uh, The Shining back to back. You were, you, you were in a very good headspace. I was in like. that exactly that place where I'm like, what I want to do is get the willies real, real, real bad every night. And it was a great little streak. But The Shining, other than being, I think, one of the best novels I've ever read. I can't say for other people. It's one of the best novels I've ever read. But it's also so scary in a way that sticks with you that it's kind of hard to describe. Yep, absolutely. There's something about that book in particular that is... Well, one, unlike the film, I mean, the, the slow burn into the characters is... There's a thing that happens in the book. Can we do, do we do spoilers of stuff? And can yeah, you, oh, yeah, yeah, we do. Okay. So yeah. there's a thing that happens early on in the book that is so distressing. Other than obviously hurting Danny's shoulder, which he did, you know, that thing. Yeah. Like is a bummer about Jack's backstory. And of course he punches the kid at school. Um, but he the kid kind of had it coming though. He's kind the of kid. Don't, absolutely. The kid has it coming. Yeah. Um, he slashed his tires, right? He did. He's, he's yeah. a, he's a delinquent. I feel like that's a very equal, like, yeah, I feel like that's not a bad part of the backstory. That's a, Stephen King telling you, ooh, he's complicated, but he right. also is drinking too much. That's the shining equivalent of, uh, of poking an alligator with a stick. Exactly. So my, my, my favorite thing in the book, The Shining, that is, I think, one of the scariest things in any work of Stephen King's is the thing that happens with Jack and his buddy in the beginning of the film, in the beginning of, the, excuse me, in the beginning of the novel, hmm. which is they're driving home from like a bender. And I think he calls them like, we're having like these three-day benders and they're drinking really hard. And... They hit something in the road. Mm-hmm. You guys remember this? Yeah. Yeah. And they get out of the car and they find the mangled bicycle. Yeah. But they can't find the person and they never find the person. Mm-hmm. So every day for the rest of his life, he just gets to think about <laughs> it is so distressing. Like that to me is like a great, such a great Stephen King thing of just like, like it would have been easy to, you know, like the Danny thing and messing up his arm is, you know, a great piece of backstory. But then you put into Jack's backstory that he doesn't know or not know. He can't confirm whether or not he actually killed someone. Right. But he he might have. And, and always as a result of his drinking. Both, yes, both cases. Exactly. Yeah. In yeah. both cases. And it's like, it just sits there and it's really amazing. But also then there's like so many, I got a weird, I got a weird thing I'm going to say, cause I watched in prepping for this, you know, I skimmed the novel again, which is one of the greats. I did not watch the Kubrick film cause I know it pretty well, yep. but I did watch as much as is available and you can get the DVD of the Stephen King fully endorsed 1997 miniseries. Yes. Oh, we know it. Well. I used to have on VHS. I taped it live when it was on TV. Mm-hmm. I take it you're a fan of the miniseries version. Let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that. Please do. There are some things that the miniseries gets so right. Mm-hmm. Some things. Uh, here's a weird one. You ready for this? Yeah. Re- Rebecca De Mornay is the perfect Wendy if you're going mm-hmm. off the book. She's perfect. She's exactly the character from the book. Agree. Uh, I get the feeling group. that that was mm-hmm. like the priority for him going into it because that was it was Wendy and Jack were the like it always every one of Stephen King's like bugaboos right. about the Kubrick version all stem from from uh, Wendy and Jack. Yeah. Right. And if you have you ever watched the the short? There's like an eight minute piece by Kubrick's daughter of the making. Oh yeah. Of the oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. He's really really mean to show you. Yeah. All. Oh yeah. He is. Um, it's awful. I will say this. Here's here's I'm going to throw something out. Yeah. 
and I re- I like Steven Weber. Mm-hmm. I might I might even know him a little bit. We've met maybe here and there. That was almost almost an overcorrection, I think. Oh, for sure. For, I think uh, Stephen Weber would agree with you. We had him on the show, and he talked a little bit about that. A little bit of an overcorrection. Yeah. Um, I think he's doing a good job. I think he's totally doing a good job, but it's a tiny bit of an overcorrection. Okay, but we have the technology, and here's what I'm saying someone should do. Okay. Hmm. So, we take the 97 <laughs> miniseries. Uh-huh. Okay? We I like take out, Here we go. We take out the hedge animals, and we put back the maze. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, the maze is still there. By the way, this is going to take someone many years, this sort of phantom <laughs> yeah, edit. Natural. This is the phantom edit, yeah. But we're working off of the miniseries, okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, we do a Tom Cruise-style face replacement of the entire film with Nicholson onto Steven Weber. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. We're leaving Rebecca De Mornay exactly how she is. Right. Untouched. We're replacing miniseries Danny mm-hmm. with Kubrick Danny. Yes. At all Please. times. At all times. With lots of love to both those guys, it's hard to be an actor, guys. Yeah. It's really hard, especially when someone just found you and said, start acting. <laughs> um, yep. I'm so pretty sure, didn't doing. we find mm-hmm. out somewhere along the, the line that miniseries Danny is now like a QAnon guy? Yeah, yeah, I, yes, that is yeah. that is a true, true. Yeah. Let's put a link to photos of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we got a link to some alligators, to, uh, <laughs> Six Flags Over Dixieland, Nicholas Cage's two residences, his Tyrannosaurus Rex skull, Hell Baby, uh-huh. And uh, our, our QAnon bro from the miniseries. <laughs> Little so Danny. we're going to keep the Roke mallet. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah. also gotcha. keep in mind that we're also keeping the maze. So this is a lot of work for somebody. It is. Yeah. Yeah. This well, is actually, a life Nicholson's... life project, actually. Oh, this is going to take somebody a long time. Oh, this will take somebody many, many years. And, you and they're all going to be volunteers. However, many They're going to be volunteers. But what we need is basically something, someone with the resources of Weta Digital in mm-hmm. New Zealand mm-hmm. to make this cut that I want to see. Of the have shining. you been to uh, Estes Park, like the, the Stanley Hotel? I've not. I have been. You ready for this? Um, the opening shot, the going up the mountain. The mm-hmm. So that is. Do you guys know what that is? Out of trivia, it's in Montana, I believe. It is Glacier National Park in Montana. Yeah, and I have driven up that road. And guess what I did the entire time we drove up that road. I thought you were going to say you were drunk driving and may have killed someone. <laughs> I ran over the cyclist. <laughs> but the good news is it was Danny from the mini the mini series Danny. <laughs> You're right. And then <laughs> he was perfectly um, normal before then. Though, he and seemed he, fine. He, he and then looked, when he got up, he definitely his bell. I rang his bell pretty hard. That's true. Yeah. He came yeah, out of the coma bell. and he was just like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I have some theories about Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. in a pizza parlor. <laughs> yeah. That's how it hey, Great time to plug the Reno 911, the hunt for QAnon, streaming right now True. on Paramount Plus. Great Absolutely. picture. Absolutely. And uh, I believe picture I, if you I, haven't seen it. I believe our friend Steve Agee is is in that with you guys. Yeah. Maybe he's Q. You gotta watch till the end. Ooh. Let me let me ask you this son. When mm-hmm. we had Steven Weber on the show, I asked sure. him if he felt any uh intimidation or pressure stepping into a role made famous and iconic mm-hmm. by Jack Nicholson. You know what he says? No. Mm. And I okay expressed disbelief at this. Can I say that's that? <laughs> um, like, how? Did you want to try, try one more guess? Because there's no way. <laughs> unless, you're on, unless you're fully on ether, there's no way you weren't stressed about that a little bit. <laughs> he said he just didn't think about it that way. And, okay. you know, it's well, just another the, I'm, role. I'm the, and... You're talking to the guy who was the fifth Felix Unger. So, like, what? Are, obviously, <laughs> how do I... <laughs> How does my opinion count on that? Well, you, you, sir, have played a doctor in two Christopher Nolan films, Thank so you. I think you know what you're talking about. Thank you. Same doctor. 
same person. You would feel, you would feel trepidation, though, stepping into a role like that, right? Obviously, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think I think the reason I call it, and I, re- I genuinely really like Stephen Weber, and I think he's really great at what he does and everything. Great dude. Mm-hmm. But I think they would have almost been better off with an unknown, mm. with a guy who was not a star. Right. Um, because he was very famous for being a very amusing, you know, uh, sort of sitcom right. guy. Wings. And I think that definitely hurts a little bit when he's got such a friendly face. Yeah. Um, that when eventually he's been like turned into a zombie with crazy eyes and a rope mallet, <laughs> you're like, okay, guy from Wings. Yep. There's still guy from, I still love you guy from Wings. Yeah. That, that um, makeup didn't, didn't help the cause though. The makeup is, they did it pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. It went pretty quick. But by the way, I really think it's watchable. Again, you know my supercut that I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get, um, Scatman it, Crothers obviously is still, uh, still Mr. Right, Howell. we left him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Ullman is probably movie Mr. Ullman. Yeah, I love love yeah. me my Elliot Gould, but uh, I love Elliot Gould. But uh, but yeah, no, the movie Mr. Ullman just mm. That's with his little that, dainty hands that he has up when he's well, doing the in interview. the novel. Stephen yeah. like Jack in his head says horrible things about Mr. Ullman. Oh yeah, awful. So like, this is the way Stephen King gets you into people's heads in like such crazy ways where you're like, okay, here's Jack. He maybe killed a guy, blah, 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 blah. Oh, he just said a horrible thing about Mr. Ullman in his head, which quite literally the first line in the book is a vicious little prick. And then he (laughs) says something worse, way worse. Yeah. Uh, Words we don't, there's a couple, by the way, one thing I've noticed and recently re-listened to um, The Stand, there's a couple where like... (laughs) There's some words that we just don't use anymore in a bunch yeah. of these books. And it's always, it really gives you like a jolt. It's like getting slapped awake. Oh yeah. Um, There's yeah. a sequence in the stand whenever like, mm-hmm. like a uh, black Panthers take over a television station or something. Right. And I, is that what you're referring to? Or are you talking mm-hmm. more about the, I was actually talking about the, uh, the jazz the guy who's, who's bailed, you know, who's like bummed out the, you know, the washed up um, music guy. Uh, Larry, Underwood. Uh, Larry Underwood. Yeah. Yeah, uh, baby, let me let me be your man. What is it? Baby, can you dig, dig your man? man. Can, can you, you dig, dig your man? Yep, yep, yep. It's one of my favorite things about Stephen King, because I'm always remiss to do this, and I always like I never put quotes in anything of something else, or you know. But he opens up like so many things with, you know, like he'll he'll use an entire piece quote of the Mask of the Red Death. Yeah, he'll use like three rock songs in a row just mm-hmm. as lines, and then you're like, oh wait, I'm reading. This is the Mist. <laughs> yep. but, it, but it started with uh, mama's got a squeeze box she wears on her back and when daddy gets home he never t- wait what why did I just listen read <laughs> like yeah, sometimes do you guys not agree with that that sometimes he's got like well then we, a great one he does in the stand is he mixes like real rock quotes mm-hmm. with baby can you dig your man by Larry <laughs> Underwood right. and you're like it starts it blurs the line you're like oh yeah that was that a real thing no that's not mm-hmm. a real thing that guy it's yeah. the Stephen yeah, King did, multiverse. Those are it's huge the Stephen King multiverse, <laughs> and 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 he did that a lot uh, in his early days. And the, I actually are just, we calling them the cocaine days or not? What are we calling those? No. Well, I yes, well for sure is cocaine days. But like for the reason why though is like I literally just saw a uh, uh, a Q and A. Like uh, I've been like binging these Q and As that are, you can find on YouTube of him doing doing like these appearances and talks at libraries and for, you know, events and charities and stuff. 
And he, somebody asked him like, Oh, what you use this song quote? Why? And he was just like, Oh, I like it. I like rock and roll. You know, that kind of thing. And he goes, it used to be, I can license, uh, oh, yeah, the use of that, that for like 200 bucks. And he's like, now, if you want the Rolling Stones used to be cheap, you could license yeah, a lyric. To print for 200 bucks. It's like, you know, and he was like, and this is, I'm thinking the mid aughts, this one that I saw. Yeah. It's like, you know how much the same song, if I wanted to license it now would be $40,000 for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, or if you even got permission. Yeah. Because yeah. they're very weird about that stuff. Yeah. Um, I always so have as, people, there's a couple times people sing songs in like Ronan Boyle, the main character of my novels. <clears throat> he has a fictional Dame, Dame Judy Dench that lives in his head. Mm-hmm. Of course. As, as do we all. Yeah. And they sing Taylor Swift songs together when he gets really, really <laughs> nervous. It's like his anxiety thing. He goes into like a weird state, like a fugue state uh, where him and Judy Dench, uh, work through his problems in his head. I mean, as far as imaginary friends go. Oh, Dame Judy Dench. Yeah. Come yeah. On. You can't, you can't beat that. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm curious. Uh, uh, one thing I want to ask you, you about seen is notes you, on a scandal. You are a, you're a film, like a film geek. Mm. Um, in fact, I read your book on screenwriting. Very mm, entertaining. Thanks. Uh, oh, thank you. I was a particular fan of the two sentence chapter on Mr. Billy Crystal, by the way, technically written by my writing partner, Ben. <laughs> I am that everybody's always like, what did he do to you? And I'm like, At, go check with Ben. <laughs> ben, wrote that, ben wrote that chapter. He was very pleased with it. He, his inter- interchange with Billy Crystal was very different than mine, but yeah. Yes. Um, it's actually, I'm, one, I'm curi- actually I'm, one word. I'm curious if you are, you're, if you're a Kubrick guy, like and- that's what a great question. Yes. Because. I do not know, even having seen mm. most, if not all of his films. Really? That is a great question. Well, what I, is it, what's the, would uh, I say uh, that I'm really into Stanley Kubrick? Because, like, well, throw a film at me and I'll tell you if I like it. Eyes wide shut. No. <laughs> what? Clockwork mm. Orange. Oh, I actively dislike. I can't Clockwork watch Orange? it. Clockwork it's, Orange? It's so misogynist and violent. I can't do it, man. 2001. It. It's rough. So yeah. it's rough. 2001. Uh, I love it. I'd love to watch it playing in an art gallery on the wall. Mm-hmm. I don't need to like see it in a movie theater, right. but like as an installation of gorgeousness and like a beautiful spaceman face and then cool <laughs> space things that happen. Great. Okay. But I'm going to tell but you something. Need, if you I ever get the chance to wine, see it, hmm? if you ever get the chance to see it in 70 millimeter, and I know okay. you just said you didn't want to see it in a theater. Well, absolutely take that chance. It is incredible. Am I having, is there, a, is someone handing me a goblet of really pretty nice, uh, red wine? I don't know. It depends <laughs> on where you go. Mm. I would say it probably would be screening at the Arclight somewhere, but, uh, the Arclight, uh, doesn't really exist anymore. When does, does the podcast come out? Cause unless it comes out in the distant past, the Arclight doesn't exist. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so I just want to check. We're releasing pre COVID. Are we? Um, oh, cool. Oh, neat, neat, cool. neat, neat, neat. Oh, fun, 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 fun. Yeah. 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 Fun. We're going to throw it in a wormhole. <laughs> We've harnessed time travel technology. Guys, we are using it only to air the show early. Guys, and I'm, not a little, stop COVID. I'm a little worried about Hillary when she slipped the other day outside of the van, but nah, it's going to be fine. She'll be fine. She'll be fine. She's a tough broad. Is she sicker she'll... than she's letting on? I don't know. Yeah, it's a great question. I don't know. I think, well, but either way, we're going to be fine. <laughs> so it sounds, it, well, what about Full Metal Jacket? Oh, uh, crap. Terrific. Yeah. Yeah. Terrific. I love my full metal jacket and I, and I love both halves too. There not, are a lot of people that only I mean, love okay, the first half. Okay. But yeah. okay. Uh, I mean, Dr. Strange love. Dr. Strange loves all timer. Spartacus is great. Yeah. Okay. Paths of uh, glory is great. Amazing. The killing killing the is killing killing is great. I only just be, saw that for the first time. Might be my, might be my, my, my lo-fi favorite 
Kubrick film is the kill. Okay, guys, we just went through it. I definitely love Stanley Kubrick. It turns out by the end of this list, <laughs> we missed. Just, more, a, you are more mixed though. Than... I have a well. I have a real. I can't watch Clockwork Orange. I have a real right. like, mm-hmm. just like ethical issue. It just like I, I get it. I get it. I get that that's what the book's about and everything. But like, you don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. It's like a sort of a movie about rape that not upbeat <laughs> right no, like it's not like upbeat. yeah it's, it's like, not a happy rape movie. not the yeah. slapsticky sort of yeah. thing you would expect from that like material. in coming to america too which also many people when i said i enjoyed coming to america too people were like oh so you enjoy rapes and i'm like no i do not but i didn't think of the <laughs> leslie jones scene as that but the internet did hmm. oh yeah so i guess when it comes to uh this sort of sexual violence this was a weird litmus test i was weirdly okay with coming to america too for some reason, which I guess I should examine, but I'm listening clearly <laughs> not okay with Clockwork Orange, which I just can't do it, man. I can't do it. It's mm. the same reason I can't watch Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet's a rough fit. <sighs> I can't do it. I cannot do it. I, I, The first time I saw Blue Velvet, I actually walked out, and then I don't know if I've ever gotten through the film. It just felt like, I, I feel like I'm being part of something kind of shitty. Well, yeah. It doesn't get easier. I'll tell you no. that. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting I'm part of something shitty and I got to go. Right. Yeah. And, and the explanation that, you know, you're supposed to be kind of complicit in it. And, you know, that's the whole point. It's like, yeah, yeah well, but I, can't I, do don't that wanna, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to. But I'm going to call I'm going to call the police. That. <laughs> OK. Okay. Asshole. So. OK. So Kubrick. Yeah. Uh, m- mixed. Mixed. Yeah. But with like definite moments of I absolutely love it. We only left out Barry Lyndon, but uh, I think we can all agree it's a very Still pretty movie. Still haven't seen movie. it. Me- oh, keep really? meaning to never makes the list, but it's like it's always hovering right. It's right at the end of the queue that never gets into the queue. I totally understand. It's it's homework movie. It's it's very feels like pretty. A, feels like a homework really... movie. I like everybody in it. I like yeah. him. I feel like there's outfits that look great. Are we out in the moors in the fields? Mm. Lots yep. of fields. Oh, I love fields. And Using those NASA and lenses. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, yep. I don't care about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and how about um, Dr. Sleep, which famously married the Kubrick version of The Shining to King's novel of the same name? The, the picture? The film? Yeah. Dr. Yeah. Sleep. <laughs> well, I was yeah. so excited. That was for right before COVID lockdown happened. I went, mm-hmm. I was in um, Cleveland, Ohio making a movie uh, with Tom Cherry called uh, uh, with Tom Holland called Cherry mm-hmm. um, movie. Not that many people have seen, but mm. I play a couple small parts in the film, which is strange. It's sort of like a, Oh, it's a little Dr. Strange lovey. Mm. Um, yep, yep. Originally I played like three characters and one got cut, but um, so I'm down there and I would go see a movie almost every night. Cause there was nothing going on. Nobody to see it was before COVID really happened. And uh, I was so excited to see Dr. Sleep. I genuinely hated the film. No. Like, yeah, you guys liked it. My son yes. loved it. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I, Boy, didn't I like wanted the to book. like it so bad. Um, I, I only listened to the audiobook of the book, mm-hmm. so I haven't read it on with paper with my eyeballs, mm-hmm. but I was okay with it. And I love that actress. She's amazing. Who plays Rebecca Ferguson? The Hat. What is she? What's her, car- is her yeah. character? What Rose, the the hat. Hat? Rose the Hat. Yeah. Rose the Hat. Yeah. Um, she's amazing. Obviously, like it's so stunning, it's hard to look away from her when she's on screen. Mm-hmm. But the picture itself, the uh, I feel like the the young girl in that picture had a slight case of young girl in the Shining the TV series. Was the performance what everyone was hoping for? 
man, I just I stunned I just, the crowd. I stunned the crowd with this one. Yeah, <laughs> I fully do. We fully do not agree on this you one. You really like Doctor Sleep? Oh we yeah, do. yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I came into it very skeptical mm-hmm. because I really, I strongly disliked the book. I didn't finish the book. It was just absolutely not. I'm not I positive wanted. I finished the audiobook, By the way, I know at some point I started it, got through fairly deep into it. Right. Okay, just, there's like definitely stuff that I liked. There were bits and pieces, maybe, but it was just it was not what I I, I didn't want a shining sequel to begin with. Well, of course not. I gave it a shot, and then it was like, nope, this is exactly what I was worried was gonna happen. I don't want any of this information. And so Flanagan was coming anybody, right off uh, yeah, Gerald's I mean, game, which is another one where I was like, there's no way anyone can make a workable movie out of this. And that is I, a tough one. I've actually not seen it yet, but oh, I, I'm, I'm saving great. it. Yeah, and so so I, I just was, feel like I feel like me talking to my wife into saying like I really 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 want to see Carla Gugino tied up for like three hours. <laughs> it's just like her being like, wait, what now? It's like, what um, are we watching? I'm like, no 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 no, no. Makes sense. It's a Stephen King. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. So Carla Gugino's tied up for three hours, and I'm going to and everybody shut up and nobody talk to me while it's on. Um, <laughs> no, I, yeah. it's been yeah, it's, it's worth looping back around too. Um, okay, but but Doctor Sleep, I was very skeptical about, and I kind of thought Mike, who's a friend of the show. Uh, mm-hmm. We were uh, my my position was he is really tempting fate here now. He he got the one miracle movie <laughs> out of this adaptation relationship, and now he's going back for seconds. And then, um, and I think that what he, he does did the impossible made it, all the time. I mean, there's tons of stuff he does that seems impossible. Uh, that's true. Know. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, he's pulled off a lot of miraculous. Uh, so many he's, things seem seem impossible. Yeah, yeah. yeah but he, I think that by marrying the Kubrick Miller, version yeah. of the mm-hmm. movie to Dr. Sleep, the novel, uh, I think he bridged a gap somehow that made the whole thing click for me. If he mm-hmm. hadn't have done that, I don't think I would have liked it as much. And I found all the shit in the, it, like the whole back third of that movie that's in the ho- overlook, I, in the, yeah. I found it hypnotic and kind of hard to take Did you my love it off. because it was reminding you of the Stephen Weber series? Because the, <laughs> the, the, the sets were the sets from the Stephen Weber version, you know, yeah. for the yes. most part. That sounds for the accurate. most part. That, that's There's a little to touches it. of the Kubrick one, but you can tell that they're trying not to use those. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's really interesting. I mean, it was very weird because you're watching it and it's like, oh, but you use like the exterior definitely feels like Kubrick exterior. They, use the, the they use the same blueprints. Hmm. Yeah, but then the wallpaper like in the walls is definitely like the fire hose that bites Danny one time. Like, you know, like there's some okay, definitely, that's fair. yeah, like yeah. some of that stuff is definitely, you know, it's it's a, a little bit of a weird mashup, by the way. Sure. Yeah. Well, that was um, according to you know he he after he made that film, he went and saw it with with King. You know, they were screening it for him for the first time. Wait, wait, wait uh, the the uh, Kubrick was screening it for Stephen King. No, Flanagan was sleep, <laughs> oh, 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 screening okay. Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep. Sure. They all went out to eat or something afterwards, and he told he told Flanagan that the the film had made it had impacted his opinion of the like healed healed some of the wounds or something i think is how we put it yeah which is just an interesting note but but i there's something i actually want to talk about this because Mm. uh uh king has spoken at length (laughs) a lot about uh his dislike for for the movie you know and this kind of waffled back and forth sometimes the shining i believe he says the kubrick i believe he says it's cold it, it is it, well, and, and mm-hmm. it, I heard him uh, elaborate on that uh, recently. Actually, <laughs> it was one of those Q and A's mm-hmm. that I was obsessively watching on YouTube, and and he was saying that, like, he's like the Stephen King book ends. Uh, you know, my version of The Shining ends with the hotel burning down. Mm-hmm. It's fire. It's warm. 
Stanley Kubrick's movie ends with a guy getting frozen to death. A guy frozen it's to cold. death in the maze. It's cold. You know, and he's like, if you everything you want to know about my opinion on The Shining is in is in the difference, you know, that lies between those two things. That's fun to say. It's fun to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, uh, you know, like I I like I think Stephen King is the best American writer, living or dead. Well, right now, right. I mean, no, no, no. Okay, that's like, yeah, I, that's always a weird thing to give like huge things like that blanket yeah. statements. He's my favorite living writer. Yes, and on the very short list of living or dead writers. So, like, I mean, I think he's you know, there's I, I, there's no one who's no one will ever do what he's done again. No, I, I don't think it's physically possible. I mean, he's, right. he's he's done a Shakespearean level feat. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you guys can can say it offhand. The number of novels he's written. I think it's he's up to 12. 60, yeah, more than 12. Yeah. 65, I think, is... is Something like that. And not yeah. counting, like, collections of short stories and not counting, right. like, On Writing, which is also an amazing book, and not counting Richard Bachman books, probably, and, like, yeah. it's 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 insane. The output's yeah. insane. No one, he, no one will ever do that again, ever. He's the right person in the right time. I mean, mm-hmm. to, even... Like J.K. Rowling's probably the only true, like, celebrity that I can think of, celebrity author... Mm-hmm. Post King, um, there are, you know people whose name you know, but everybody knows Stephen King's face. You know he was he did American Express commercials. You know mm-hmm. he was he was his own brand. He's you know directed his his own movie, and he was the one on the movie poster. You know, and it's a little bit different like, because uh, J.K. Rowling, you know, created a universe and then wrote seven, eight, nine, ten books, mostly in that universe. You know, I know there's some other stuff she's done, like she wrote a crime thriller or something like that, but he has completely reinvented everything he does every single time. Mm. There's no way to know like what his protagonist will be or who's talking or what's, you know, like sometimes it's about a car or like, you know, um, or a crime novel. He's been writing a lot of those lately. I know it's crazy. You you just, you never know what to expect. It's really amazing. And yeah, are well, you, you know what pick- I, I love? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Are, well, are you picking up the books as soon as they come out? Like, are you that level of a, a uh, fan? Depends. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm so lazy and I usually have a right. lot going on. But like a dumb thing I'll do is I'll pick up like, was the last one Funland? Was that one? Joyland. Was but that Joyland? was like years back. Yeah. I yeah. love picking. I love picking up one that doesn't feel like it's going to be like as long as the stand. You know? Yes. Like I, I loved and I talked that we could maybe talk about this one. But when the Green Mile came out in installments. Mm, yeah you know which this would be i think early 90s you know yeah, you, mid, you could only 90s? it was incredible yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah i was in college i think early yeah. mid i guess um the there was not you couldn't get the next one yet you know yeah. it's incredible you'd have to go get one of the green miles and then the next one would come out like six a month or six weeks later or something and it was gen- really exciting yeah he's just he's he's beyond belief Yes, that's right, folks. It's time for the mid-show ad read. This week's episode is sponsored by our friends at BetterHelp Online Therapy. Relationships take work, especially the most important one you can have in your life. Your relationship, can you guess who it's with, Eric? Is it with God? It's with yourself. Well, a lot of us will drop anything. Some people believe. Yeah, that's true. A lot of us, uh, Bruce Willis. In, in particular, a lot of us <laughs> will drop anything to go help someone we care about. We'll go out of our way to treat other people well. But how often do we give ourselves the same treatment? You know what? I'll tell you something. Uh, I went through this same thing. The beginning of quarantine went into a total tailspin of a depression. 
was having anxiety, wasn't sleeping well, kind of losing my mind a little bit under quarantine. I got on some medication. I started seeing a therapist again. Uh, it's been great. But some people, uh, they don't have a, a shrink that they can go to, or or maybe they don't want to go sit in an office and wait for one or audition different doctors or, or what have you. Our friends at BetterHelp can help you with that. This month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does, and therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. I really cannot overstate enough how good a thing therapy is to do for yourself. You may not need medication. You might just need to talk to somebody. And at the very least, it is always helpful to have an unparticipating party on hand to sort of bounce your ideas off of and what's going on in your life. It is the best decision you will make for yourself. And the folks at BetterHelp are exceptional at what they do. It's an online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. You don't have to see anyone on a camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast, as I mentioned before, is sponsored by BetterHelp. And the KingCast listeners, that's you, get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash KingCast. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash KingCast. Head on over there. Make a good decision for yourself. That's right. And now it's my turn to make sure all you lovely people know that there's a brand new book out by the international best-selling sensation Thomas Olda Hervelt. Published by the good folks over at Nightfire, which is an imprint of Tor Books. Echo is described as a thrilling descent into madness and obsession. As one man confronts nature, dramatic pause. And something even more ancient and evil answers back. This book follows a travel journalist and mountaineer named Nick Grievers who awakes from a coma to find his climbing buddy, Augustine, is missing and presumed dead. And something is haunting Nick and something has awoken inside of him. Sounds oh, like I hate when things get awoken inside. I know Nick's having some problems here, man. Uh, and apparently there's something that awoke inside of him is endangering the lives of everyone around him. So that dude's having a bad day, mm. uh, which I'm sure is going to be very entertaining for the readers. Mm. Echo, is, Echo is now available wherever you can find your books. Mm. Mm. All right. So I think it's time to get back to Mr. Lennon. What do you think? Let's do it. All right. Hit it, Rob. Well, I, we can recommend if, if Joyland's kind of in the last one. I like you've read. I like Joyland a lot. Yeah, it's no, it's really great. good. It was um, really he's cool. Done, he did another hard case crime one uh, yeah. uh, called Later, which came out last year. Uh, it you in can read Joyland it in one sitting a little bit. Yeah, uh, that's what I love. That's what I want. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a real quick pulpy read. It's his version um, of the Sixth Sense. If you so that's all I I'll like say it. on that one. I like it. Uh, and, and then Revival uh, is the other one I would. Revivals are you know revival. Is, is just it's the darkest I think King has been since Pet Cemetery. So, Ooh. so uh, revival is Pet Cemetery. I've read and seen both films. Got a real gnarly ending. Oh, a, there's a big fight between me and my son that he's okay with Pet Cemetery, the second version of Pet Cemetery. Mm. The remake. Know. Yeah, he's okay with it. But why not the first one? He's a child. No, the first, oh, no, he loves the first one. I love the first one. Uh, I love the first one, and he loves to brag that he likes the second one, and then we have big fights about it. <laughs> I can see why that would inspire fights. Yes, it's fun. It's fun to drive around in the car and just fight about what pet cemetery you consider not can't be good. Mm-hmm. What did you? I mean, it's it sounds like you've already told me, but uh, the new pet cemetery. Yeah, it was okay. It's okay. Yeah, I'm a real sucker for fir- first first film version of pet cemetery. Yeah. Oh yeah. Christ on a throne. No. 
It's got the only Ramon song that I really like. <laughs> Did you read the Dark Tower series? By any I never read the Dark Tower series, and everybody tells me I have to. Well, that's good shit. It's, it is. Did they make? Did they try to do a, a, um, a series of it at one point? They well, did. Uh, yes, and they, they made and, a movie, and yeah. we all loved it. And it was oh, great. yeah, huge hit. And we all loved uh, it, and it was great. Do not watch the movie. <laughs> do not watch the picture this time. That and the series you can't see because the series they started at Amazon. Glenn Mazzara did an Amazon series, and, and then, uh, well, then what happened? They, he shot a pilot, and then they said, "Nah, no thanks. We're going to go make uh, Lord of the Rings for a billion dollars instead." So mm-hmm. just made Lord of the Rings. Do they know that that was a huge? They just made Peter Jackson. <laughs> yeah. just made Lord <laughs> did, did of the somebody Rings. tell Jeff Bezos hey guys, that this already happened? We literally checked know. the fridge, guys. There's there's a huge stack of Lord of the Rings that we just made a minute ago. <laughs> guys, guys, don't order more Chinese food. We already have it. We have we have it's Lord, of the, Lord of the Rings. At home. We have Lord of the Rings at home. It was amazing. <laughs> we have it. Yeah. Amazing. What are we doing? I can't wait right. to see it. Of course, yeah. we'll watch it. Of it's, course, well, we dark, will watch it. The thing about the Dark Tower is it's such mm. a mishmash of genres. I can imagine that. I, I can imagine trying to explain that to executives in a room, mm. and them just not fucking wrapping their heads around it yeah. at it's all. It's a western, guys, which Hollywood loves, but it's mm. also horror and fantasy and sci- science fiction. Yeah, we're not it, doing that. It's yeah. got Game of Thrones vibes. Nah. You can't even explain it without it sounding impossibly expensive. And insane, you know what I mean? Just insane, yeah. Well, I, kind be, of like a Neil Gaiman novel. I don't know why I'm saying that. Is it's not no. too far off. Um, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I'd be interested in hearing like if you like ever pick it up and, and try to get into it because All right, the series. Should we, do, should we do a challenge where I come back? Like we do a 90 day challenge where I come back and I've read I've read the Dark Tower. Yeah, there's no we, way I, you're reading the All of Dark Tower in 90, in 90 days. days. How long is it? It's like <laughs> seven thousand pages. It's seven oh. books. Oh the, no! Oh no! No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but see, but see, here's the thing, and, and the reason if, why why I was saying it would be interesting is because the first couple of books are mm. on the short side. Okay, right? they're like quick and easy. You could read the Gunslinger in one sitting. You know, then the other ones to get second and third books are like novel size, uh, and then by the time you get to the fourth book, you're in like the drop page. it on your foot and break your toe size. Yeah. Right? But by that time, you're what so if we do like a challenge? What if we do a King cast challenge mm. where yes. how many listeners, how many listens you get a week? Uh, a lot. A um, uh, hundred million. I think is the last time I saw we're up to a hundred mil. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have so, 1.35 million listeners as of this. Cool. So that's cool. So each of them gives $1. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. if I read the dark tower within 90 days, you guys give me $1.35 million. <laughs> and I think this is a fun thing to do. And if you mm. don't, do we get $1.35 million? And if I, d- <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> I just painted myself into a corner. <laughs> I just painted myself into it. See that version. That makes way more. So that makes sense. That version. You, you, you entered the marketplace of ideas here. My I friend. did. And I know, I think this is a I, pretty I good idea. With $1.35 right. million dollars on the line, you would burn through a whole lot of pages. I, I, would. I probably would. I probably would. Yeah. You could, you could feasibly do it. I don't know how much of it you'd retain. By the but. way, the little secret, an old friend of ours and Stephen King's a little bit of rock cocaine. <laughs> a regular, here we go. Let's get I the can, reading. I specs. can have that motherfucker read by this weekend. Pop, Papa, fine, fine. Daddy's reading specs. We're doing it. <laughs> And we're doing it. We're gonna. I'm gonna do it. I'm sitting. Gonna sit on the on the peloton, and I'm gonna read the whole thing. Gonna do the whole thing. Read the book. Read the book. Read. The, here comes the book. Here comes the. Yeah, book. we're gonna cut cut to Tom's Wisconsin base 
basement and it's going to be Requiem for a Dream. And do we do we put a webcam on the ceiling? Me? You know, like when eagles are born in a nest, and like, and they have sometimes a live webcam where you can see like an eagle's yeah. nest or yeah. something. So me on a Peloton doing cocaine and reading. I feel like I feel like we could get some sponsors for this. You could live stream. Yeah, this is a mm-hmm. Twitch thing waiting mm-hmm. to happen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then I eat like I eat something that somebody DoorDashes me like every every forty eight hours, and then that's a, that's it. Then I get to get back on the Peloton and keep reading the book. Right. <laughs> well, going back to The Shining, something that you said early on about the tone of this, um, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because when we I first approached you for this, mm-hmm. one I didn't know if you even gave a shit about Stephen King in the first mm-hmm. place. I, I just wanted you yeah. on the show, and mm-hmm. thankfully you did. Uh, but then we talked about three titles, and you brought them up here: Green Mile, mm-hmm. The Shining, and Pet Cemetery. And all three mm-hmm. of those are books that legitimately get under my skin in moments. Yeah. There's with the Green Mile, it's the bad death of Edward Delacroix. Oh um, God, where the yeah, the, where the yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Where yeah, where Percy doesn't wet the sponge, and just the way he describes it, and R- Darabont translated killed it. Really, almost perfection to the film. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's translated incredible. to we were we we threw up Green Mile recently. We were crying our eyeballs out about Delacroix. It, it is. Like, yeah. It is like one of the saddest fucking things in the world. Uh, but talking and that about dildo pet- they've got playing Percy Wetmore, he just wants he's to- incredible. Oh, oh he's so he's incredible. He's uh don't don't Google his backstory, guys. <laughs> yes, yeah. Do you know the backstory? Child bride. Yes. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. child bride. Yes, he, slightly so problematic. Then I'm going to go say, please do Google it. It is problematic. <laughs> Very yeah. problematic. But uh, but perfectly. Wow, cast. Never, nobody ever was more right for that pecker. <laughs> they call it, literally the peckerwood is what they always call him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um. Wow, that dude. <laughs> yeah. But what's interesting about all three titles that you chose mm-hmm. is in that you that they have it's like King at his peak uh, effectiveness as a horror author, even though Green Mile isn't wholly a horror story. It has Not really those at all. It's sort of moments. a spooky story with horrific moments. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but Pet Cemetery is um, mm. it, reading that book will fuck you up for. It'll, a it's long like time. a go and it's a go and check the windows and doors are locked kind of thing. I don't know why, but it is that even when I'm reading The Shining. Like I just kind of go check around because also like the buildings lurking. There's so much, all the great stuff. And they do do in the, the 97, you know, the boiler. Yes. Which mm. basically never comes up in the Kubrick. No. Yeah. And it's weird because that's a lot of what the book is about. Is right. the, this endless, the boiler gonna, and you know, a lot more, uh, certainly a lot more in depth about the, the building itself and the, you know, the people that have done right. stuff there. The history. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I kind of live in The Shining. Go on. Like uh, right now, I'm I'm well. I'm in a. Uh, I bought a rather large house in Wisconsin in a neighborhood that nobody's ever here in the winter except us. <laughs> so it's me and my wife and my young son <laughs> in a kind of large venue. And the, the bartender. Mm-hmm. And the bartender. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. he's real. That guy, he's my 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 mind guy's real though. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's Dame Judy Gench in this. Place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My guy. He's a local guy and he's great. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't. You know what he has? He has been telling me to correct the boy a little bit. Now that I think about it, <laughs> something about taking his medicine. Uh, My favorite thing in the novel mm-hmm. that is, uh, I think it's in the miniseries, but mm-hmm. it's been a while since I watched that. Uh, is the scene with the elevator when uh, you they're remind all me? Dead. Yeah, I actually wanted to order it because my, my son wants to watch the whole miniseries again. But well, it's yeah. in the it's in the novel for sure. They're all dead asleep, and then they hear the elevator running in the middle of mm-hmm, the night. And they mm-hmm. go out to investigate it, and it stops between floors. Yes, and it's like filled with confetti and masks. That's to me, that's the scariest stuff part like that in the whole book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. so fucking inexplicable, and like 
imagine the horror if you were in that building and locked yeah. there. And now this, like, I would, I think that would cause my sanity to snap. I'm going to start reading it. I started skimming it again last night to get ready, but it's a still a pretty big book. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah, have no it, idea where it is within the book. It feels like midway, but I could be. I feel like it was like right before Jack gets fully corrupted. I think it's like right before that. Have, have you guys falls. actually, have you guys been to the, the is, is it Estes Park, Colorado? Is yeah, that where it is? I've been up there. The I'm Stanley? Sure it. Is it, so is that the one that's uh, in the, where, uh, I, I know the places are where, there was one where Stephen King stayed. Yes. And yes the that's one that's the, the one. facade. That's different. Yeah, the, the facades in uh, Portland, what? Oregon. Yeah, something. Um, and as yes. the one in Estes Park, the Stanley Hotel, that's where King wrote got the idea. Or got the idea. Yeah, and yeah. that's where the miniseries was shot. Right. Hmm. So all the inside interiors of the miniseries. charming. Oh, they it, literally shot well, it there. It is. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they yes. literally shot there verbatim. Yeah. Oh yes. wow. Inside out. Um, it's it's beautiful if you go up there. Right. And you can, you know, stand there on that lawn in front of it and look at it dead on. And it's, there it is. There's this, there's the fucking hotel. But, but the does thing it say is, Wednesday in huge letters as you look at it? Yes. You go, <laughs> <laughs> no, it but if you Wednesday. turn your head maybe mm -hmm. 20 degrees in either direction, mm -hmm. it turns out that whole area is like, there's a McDonald's, there's a gas station. <laughs> You're like you very know? close to, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like there's, they've just framed out the rest of the It ruins the illusion if you, if you. You know, Somebody once showed me a picture of like where the Egyptian pyramids actually are, which yeah. is like 75 feet from downtown Cairo. And I'm like, oh, that's a very different vibe if you just turn around the other way. Yeah. Yep. I've seen I've seen pictures from inside a pizza hut where that's, the pyramids that is are. the Estes part. <laughs> oh, of the of the of the oh. pyramid. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. But it, it's worth going up there and they have like a whole ghost tour you can do. They they the first Overlook Film Festival that they did, they they held there, which was legendary. I've never been. I never yeah. been. We we have to do a Kingcast event there. Like once once. That's a uh, great idea. Yeah. You know, in a couple of months, whenever COVID's really gone, wing mm -hmm. week, it's uh, because it's it's totally going to be gone and never come back. Pretty um, much. We're all united now. Yeah, but I'd I'd love to. I'd love to have an excuse to to go up. It's there a great idea. Check it out. And you know, maybe we can call and sweet talk him and let us. Uh, then maybe they'll let us stay in room two one seven. You know, you never know. Mm. Ain't nothing in room two one seven. <laughs> I'm not getting in that bathtub. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, except uh, you are. We're all taking pictures of each other. <laughs> we're all taking pictures, and then one of us stays naked and slow dances with the other one. It's going to be great. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And just laughs maniacally. It'll be mm -hmm. fantastic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I love that you you um, that the the titles that you were drawn to are these like kind of king at the height of his powers because i you know i really i like salem's lot i like carrie the shining is his first like full-blown okay this is salem's lot's a pretty cool salem's lot is a pretty cool story it's good but like just looking at it on a technical level looking at the writing there's if you go back and reread salem's lot it is talking about the, is this remind give, give me a second sorry because it all yes. gets jumbled is this the one where it's the old house and the guy's got the letters and they go back and there's the old town that's abandoned close by where they used to do the like pagan sex rituals and stuff. Am I thinking of the right one? That Jerusalem's lot is the that name Jerusalem's of that story. Lot. Salem's okay, lot I'm, is the. Oh crap! Okay, sorry. Book. See, this is where I get I get uh, yes. wrapped in the woods the, a little bit. The book Pretty is embarrassing. Gotta sorry. say, yeah. The, the, so he <laughs> oh, wrote I'm Carrie. Get some hate mail. Right. He <laughs> yeah. wrote Carrie. He wrote Salem's Lot, which is the vampires. The vampire one. The okay. Okay. Vampires um, in the town. Different. And one. and it's and it's really good. Like it's mm -hmm. it's the characters are really engaging. A lot of what you love about Stephen King mm -hmm. is like you know, strangely adult, but 
still mm-hmm. kid, you know, child protagonist is in there and the writing, the writers, the, the lead character and all that stuff. Um, it's there, you know, but if you just read it on a technical level, he's, he doesn't really have his footing yet. There's, there's whole sequences where it's just people sitting on porches d- debate, you know, talking through what the plot is for like 30 pages, right? There's, there's that stuff. It, but when I you read the show, no. <laughs> yeah, it's like I is it a vampire? No, but... Bunch characters, front yeah. Bunch character, Lois. Yeah, oh, oh, Lois. You put I'm oh. gonna put a whole oh. bunch of front Bunch oh. characters in this one, Lois. <laughs> oh, Christ on his oh, cross! Christ no. On his oh, no. <laughs> oh, Lois. Oh, that road! It's that road, Lois. Oh, oh, it's that it's that damn road. It's yeah, like the the Swedish chef from Maine. <laughs> That's our damn road, Lois. Stonier than a man's heart. Stonier than a man's heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah mm. fuck i love fred gwynn oh god um, he's amazing mm-hmm. yeah so but like i the shining is is always to me going to be the one where like the stephen king that became stephen king you know the mm. master of horror was mm. born in the shining because he did the shining then he did the stand and those are like two back-to-back like undisputed masterpiece books and uh you know that that i think that one two mm. punch like the, totally uh, solidified him in the yeah. Lennon family did, uh, we did our most immersive, uh, Stephen King thing that we could do, which was at the beginning of COVID mm. the very beginning, like March or early 2020. Yeah. We drove across the country to our other house. We still have a house in California, but we drove to where we've lived basically since then. Uh, so the pandemic was starting masks and all this stuff. And we listened to the entire audiobook of the wow. stand is what we did on the way. Incredible. And it was like. This is as close to being, it was like, there was a couple times where it was like, this is actually, I can't deal with this right now. Yeah. <laughs> this is like too close to the events of this. When the first this dude really pulls into up. the gas station or whatever. Yep. Rolls yeah. in dead. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are sitting around playing poker or something in the thing. Yeah. And then, thunk, thunk. yep. Yeah. Fuck yeah. The guy from the army base, right? Yeah. And your kid, your kid's like super into this stuff? Seems to be. Um, You know, he's coming along as a reader, but we've definitely... Um, he's definitely enjoyed the shining and pet cemetery and most of the films for sure. And then we've yeah. done some of the audiobooks, books so like the stand. And then, uh, you know what he loved and I loved also hmm. castle rock, the series. Yeah. Oh yeah. Loved it. Real good shit. Loved yeah. it. Wish there was going to be more. Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, which season not, did you like better? Two. Yep. Uh, I loved one. The second two. one's more complete. Yeah. Two, two to me was one of the great TV series is like of recent years. One right. I liked a lot. You know, it covered a lot of fun. It was a lot of like um, fun name recognition, high fives, mm-hmm. um, you know, like a plaza meter of here's, this is going to be, <laughs> you know, this is somebody you're going to be, this is so-and-so is going to be so-and-so, you know, but then, uh, I mean, Lizzie Kaplan, who's a, a pal and I think is just a genius, like that performance and that whole thing was just like made my head spin. It's a miracle. It's, it's a miracle it. that she can be. Yeah, it was incredible. She can pull off Annie Wilkes without and incredible. be exactly perfect for it and not just be a carbon copy of, mm-hmm. of Kathy Bates. Well, it's, it's, it's genuinely it's, expanded the universe yeah. of that character like with such subtlety and God amazing if you haven't seen castle rock obviously season yeah, two right. that's season this is under underrated i think oh is and, she because i mean like everyone, i mean everybody i know thinks she's amazing and puts her in everything so i hope she's right. as rated at least as she should be I don't, but, when i when i see people like listing off their favorite actresses i don't see she, her come up a lot but she fucking she crushes be. everything she does she does but that that one was particularly like just yeah it was weird because like I, I know her and we're vaguely kind of friends but i'm watching <laughs> that show and i'm like who the f- you're you're just you are this 
the Annie. Like, yeah. this is just really amazing. But not, she's not doing an impression of anyone or anything. She just has it. Yeah, but it's authentic. Yeah. 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 I interviewed yeah. her once for a party down thing. Uh, was it about Nick Sinto's orgy night, the one that I'm in? <laughs> I forgot you were in that. That's Try true. referencing stuff that I'm not in. Try it. <laughs> I will find a way. To it was the whole you. cast, actually. It was it was me in a room with the entire cast. Which was... no, they're shooting a new new episodes right now. Oh, I know, but she's mm-hmm. not in it, right? She is. I think. I don't know. Oh, I thought she mm-hmm. wasn't for some reason. Mm-hmm. Good point. Anyway, might, mm-hmm. incredibly charming. <laughs> Um, and, and perhaps one of the most beautiful human beings I've ever seen yeah, in, in real life. Just mm-hmm. staggering. Knock you back yeah. on your heels. A delight, yeah. that woman. Before we let you go, I'm just mm. curious. You know, you mentioned up front that you consider there are like six or seven great Stephen King adaptations. Of oh, the films? Film yeah, I'm, I'm wondering what a few sure. more of your favorites are. Um, they would be, obviously, Misery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could be number one. Misery is really hard really... to be. We talk about Oof. Rob Reiner a lot on this show because he just fucking... Misery is incredible. And Stand By Me. Stand By Me is incredible. Um, Stand By Me is still not quite as good as Misery, but also very, 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 very good. Mm -hmm. Misery is incredible. Obviously, uh, Shawshank. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Um, I like the first Pet Cemetery Mm -hmm. very much. The Mangler. The Mangler. Have you seen I, the Mangler? I had, a, Tom? I had a soft spot. I had a soft spot for thinner when it came out. Oh <laughs> no! Well, okay, well, tr- okay, trust, okay. Trust okay. I haven't seen it since it came out. I haven't seen it yeah, since it came out, but tr- I liked it when it came out. Do not trust revisit. Us, do, do not revisit it. Yeah. Don't. Okay. Okay. Because I don't like, make the mistake we did. Because I think we were both Scott and I were in the exact same. We're like, position. yeah, no, I liked we're like, it. You know, I, yeah, I liked it. I definitely I have fun liked memories. it. I remember reading comic books that would always advertise thinner on the back page for some reason. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Be like, oh wow! I remember seeing in the no, theater, and it was one. right. I was like mm-hmm. mid teens at that point, so I was like seeing movies kind of by myself and just going off on the weekends. I'm like, I have good memories of this. Then we rewatched it, and no. we both had the same like, oh no, Creep Show, of course, Creep, Creep Show, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Creep Show Two with the weird garbage bag that gets the naked girl on a raft. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember whether whether or not that's a good picture. I remember it left an impression on a teenage oh, yeah. boy's mind. Oh, I'll show you that. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it's the more clockwork orangey of of the creep shows, though. It's uh, way more the, rapey. Here than, comes a garbage than... bag that's going to get you. That was a really weird one. Yeah. No. Um, it wasn't about... a garbage bag that was rapey. It was the dude she was stuck on the raft with. Oh, that too. Yeah. That like undressed yeah. her like while she was sleeping, which yeah, is totally. Oh, not is that cool. what happens? Oh, That's yeah. what happens in that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. a little bit. <laughs> the one, the, the, the thing that made the impression uh, on you, the moment. Yeah, for sure. Obviously what about the? What about the? Didn't make that much of an impression because I can't really remember it. What about <laughs> um, the new it? Did you like that? Oh, magnificent. Yes, yeah. magnificent. Yeah. The first I mean, part off, more than the, the second, charts. I think. But off yeah. The charts. Um, weird detail. There was a, a period where they were having some comedians read for Pennywise. And I was asked, would I like to come in and read for it? No, oh my um, God, really? Yeah. And um, they were having some sort of funny weirdos kind of read for Pennywise. Um, but there was a, it had a catch with it, which is you needed to be available for almost like two and a half years of filming. For They already knew they were making like this epic couple movies. Mm. Um, so I, was, I could not go in even and try. Was this for Carrie Fukunaga or was this when Andy Muschietti was? This was on? was on the first picture, obviously, the first of the new right. pictures. But they were casting it. You know, it was going to take a long time to make, you know, those two right. humongous epic movies. So, but uh, yeah, at first, for some reason, at first. How I would think, you have even they, approached that? Well, that I, I don't, I mean, obviously, I probably would have been doing some sort of weird Tim Curry thing, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know which was the. 
you know, which was the, the, the only gold standard that existed already. So it'd be like, you know, how do you do, Georgie? <laughs> see, you, see you met my... Down here we all float, uh, Georgie. I'm, I'm just... Uh, There's a little Bowie in that. little <laughs> knocked out. <laughs> I can't imagine many people in that role. Oh, he! Uh, it's incredible. It's one of the mm. great performances in recent um, years. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, I, I, um, I wrestle with which which I prefer. Oh. Um, but oh, um, I gotta go. I think I'm pretty like, new school on that one. Even though I love Tim Curry for a million reasons mm. and everything, but mm. yeah, you like the the uh, Bill Sarsgaard. Yeah, I really do. I really do. I think I like Curry's performance better overall but i think i like the look of pennywise more on on the new version which is funny because i really made fun of it a lot my, the first time we saw it god bless my son saw an interview with bill skarsgård where he talks about that trick where he can relax his eye and let it yeah you know, um and i guess my son has sort of learned how to do that so oh no Jesus. so when i take photos with my son he does the bill skarsgård trick where he started letting <laughs> like, stop, doing, stop doing that it's gonna stick so i become that guy yeah He's also hanging around in the sewers, which well, well, I mean, is not yeah. that I encourage. That I encourage, right? Because I mean, everybody floats down there, and they boys got are going to be boys, stuff. you know. And popcorn and it goes pop, 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 and everything. So I want him to be down there, you know, just for his resume. It builds you know? character to see a couple of bodies floating in a sewer at that age. It just does. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, guys, <laughs> I best think podcast ever. I think we did it. I think yeah. Uh, I think we've. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we've covered all our bases here. Okay. So it, what, how about in 13.5 days, you guys give me $1.35 million mm, and I'll, yes. I'll, <laughs> I will have read all of, all the of that series there. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, okay. you why don't even I get the feeling the you're just going to pull up the, <laughs> yeah. why do I get the feeling you're just going to pull up the Wikipedia? Cause you know exactly <laughs> what I'm going to do. You know, that's exactly what I'm going to we'll do. We'll get uh, Fangoria the, to pay for that. You would have to write a test that's like three times longer than the SATs and the LSATs just to get me to prove. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, is that wouldn't prove shit because it like, actually wouldn't. I, Cause that's in the Wikipedia probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I've, I've read through that series the first four books like six, seven times. And I've read through the entire series two or three times over and there's still shit that confuses the shit out of me in there. Uh-huh. So you're yeah. not selling me on it. You're not selling me uh, on but, it. But yeah, but in terms of like, if I, you were testing, I'm not saying I'm sitting there going, I don't know what's happening, but like, if you're like, Oh, you won't to, be able to remember and put it together. Like, as right. A, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'd have to take your word for it, but uh, I will contact the bank. And uh, right. that's great. Fangoria is going to be paying, GoFundMe. by the way. And I know a lot of people will be like, hey, didn't you write a lot of hit movies? Why are you GoFunding me? This guy doesn't seem like that's necessary. And I'd argue it's probably not. But <laughs> it's also going to be a shit ton of fun for me. <laughs> I could certainly use a million dollars. Yeah. Maybe you want to sure. buy the house next door. Who knows? The house next door to the Overlook here where I live is way yes. more expensive than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Well, we thank Guys. you a lot for being here. If you do ever read any of the Dark Tower books, uh, you are more than welcome to come back and, and discuss with us. I'd love to hear your take on that material. Seems like that'll never happen, so we'll pick something else. Okay. No, that's no, fine. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was being optimistic. Out of yeah, for fun. <laughs> Just for fun. Um, yeah. Point being, you're, you're uh, welcome back anytime. Oh, I would love it. Come and bullshit love about it. Stephen King stuff. Although you did, you did kind of select the classic on this one so i, I think one next time i actually said but i think that when we emailed i was like let's not do that because obviously it's way too classic but then i would have <laughs> had to, to brush up i would have had to reread either green mile or something pet cemetery, pet cemetery. well no, we thought green mile would be kind of a downer it is 
It is. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, Pet Cemetery, oh, yeah. we've done a lot. Of course you have, because it's um, amazing. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Shining seemed a good fit. I think next time, if you come back, maybe maybe we'll pair you with a really bad title and see oh, what happens. Okay. Like a, okay. a, a dream catcher, a really bad- for instance. Uh, audition for the film Dreamcatcher also. Really? No shit. Which role? The, uh, can't remember, but Jason I know, Lee. I, know I definitely went in. Yeah, it was probably Jason got it. That was right around the era when he and I might have been going out against each other for things. And then I played his brother. In <laughs> well, you won that thing. one, buddy. Let you me think tell I you. did? Did I? Oh, yes. You, have you seen the movie? <laughs> I have not seen Dreamcatcher. I oh, did audition for fucking it. fucking Lord. Okay. Well, that's. I'm trying to remember. Is it like they're a military thing and it's out and it's a little turd oh, yeah. stick and it runs around and it's a little turd goblin? This is the <laughs> this is the book <laughs> that Stephen is, King right? famously little... wrote on painkillers after getting hit by the van. Yeah. Oh, okay. Dreamcatcher. And it's got all the magic you could expect from but is there not a little creature that's like a turd who jumps around in your nightmares and is gonna something uh, yeah but it's a shit weasel shit weasel, shit weasel. Isn't exactly yeah. that's what they call yeah. it okay cool uh but that's not the main creature that's that's think of that as the face hugger of of these of okay. the main creature okay yeah. so then i guess i have to watch this and we have to do I, this i think if you i think if you just watch Dreamcatcher the movie and then we talk about it the next you, I, I think any random 20 minutes of that movie you will be sold on coming back to talk I remember about being pretty pissed off that I didn't get that role well I'm telling you you won that fight <laughs> <laughs> yeah you would be yeah, they I was threw all Hollywood the talent in the world at sure. that fucking yeah. thing and it did not work in any mm-hmm. sense <laughs> alright I'm gonna go add to cart right now yeah you you will certainly have an experience um, Lawrence Kazan directing William Goldman writing and we get this wow yes. yeah. wow when yeah, giants yeah. walk to the earth Yep. Morgan Indeed. Freeman himself mm-hmm. playing a hey, Colonel check out, Kurtz. With Jason no Lee. Check out uh, a guy thing with your pal Tom Lennon and Jason Lee. <laughs> oh, right on. Yeah. It's a fun picture. What, uh, what yeah, are you working on right now? Era. You got anything you want to tell uh, A couple things. I'm writing the movie of, so I've got, there's three novels out. Mm-hmm. Um, the series is called Ronan Boyle. The first one's called Ronan Boyle and the Bridge of Riddles. The second one is called Ronan Boyle and the Swamp of Certain Death. Um, the third one is called Ronan Boyle Into the Strange Place. Uh, the third one comes out in paperback soon. Uh, writing the movie of the first one for DreamWorks. Nice. Like a big animated picture about, you know, it's sort of like set in the world of uh, Irish, mischievous Irish leprechauns and stuff. Oh, who doesn't love a leprechaun? Everybody. Any, uh, anybody who knows them, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Peter Dinklage, I think. I, I just heard him on Mark Maron. He's not a big fan. Uh, mm. That's dwarves, my friend. He's actually not a fan of Disney's dwarves. I know that's yeah. problematic. That, that one is problematic. I was a little surprised that that picture was coming out, but hey, guys. Yeah, yeah, he's I got can't a point. Tell everybody, what to do? The IP must flow. <laughs> <laughs> the IP must flow. <laughs> there is only IP. The IP <laughs> is speaking now. Yeah. And then we'll get an uh, animated remake of the live action remake in a couple of years. I love it. I love it. And now we're just, uh, just, we're literally a Mobius into our own, uh, <laughs> naval snow white, fully loaded. <laughs> hang on, hang on. I got to type that into my app, my phone notes. Here. <laughs> no, wait, hang on. Colon fully. Hang on. This is good. I like it. Mm-hmm. Let's see where we're going with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Grumpy revolutions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you very much for being here today. This what was an absolute a, pleasure. Yes, an honor. I, do, I really do you. love Stephen King, and I love uh, getting a chance to talk to you guys about him. I could tell you guys are really diehards. Oh, yeah. Thanks oh, for telling me the stuff, that I, the stuff that I'm missing from my canon and the stuff that I can miss. It's really fun to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what we're here for, Tom. Thanks, Revival guys. for a good recommendation. Dreamcatcher mm-hmm. for a less than good recommendation. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. 
All right. Well, you have a great day, sir. Thank you for being here. Um, You're the best. Thank you, guys. Many thanks to Tom Lennon. I am so happy he came on the show and mm-hmm. he, he killed it. It was such a great conversation. You know, Scott, sometimes we have people, we, none, neither one of us have uh, had a previous relationship with Thomas Lennon. It was just kind of a happenstance thing that, that like we came onto each other's radars. And, uh, and so I wasn't quite sure how it was going to go. And I don't think he was either. Cause uh, I don't think it's out of school to say that. Like he let us know afterwards. He's like, guys, that was actually good. Like, I don't usually like doing these kind of <laughs> yeah. appearances. Like I actually had fun. You guys know what you're doing. So, uh, yeah, one, he was he's like, I, I on usually that. dread being on podcasts and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, I've guessed it on podcast too. And I understand. <laughs> uh, well, so, you know, I'm proud of us. We impressed, we impressed Lieutenant Dangle. Yeah, Yeah, who I called Lieutenant Dongle at the very beginning, and I'm never going to live that down, I'm sure. Um, (laughs) Because, and if you notice, sometimes we would edit that kind of stuff out, but he was so funny about it that we were just like, well, fuck it, we're not doing that again. We're going to keep going forward. So sometimes when we fuck up, that's the magic of the show. It is pure magic. Pure magic. Pure magic. We got some magic headed for you on the uh, Patreon this weekend. Ooh, for this Friday, about that. I should say. Uh, we got a, a writer by the name of BJ Colangelo. Very talented young woman. Uh, is, uh, works at Slash Film and a uh, number of other places. Uh, invited her on to talk about whatever she'd like to talk about as it pertains to King. She picked the animated version of Survivor Type. So we have a, uh, a nice long conversation with BJ coming up on the Patreon this Friday about the animated special that Shudder did a while back. Uh, yeah, in... Kiefer Sutherland's doing the voice. Right. And we we talk a lot about this short story and kind of what it means to her. And, and uh, yeah, she's, she's got, she's a, she's a very smart one that, that BJ. And I think uh, you guys will be really intrigued and drawn into this conversation. I know I was. Yeah. If you're a big fan of survivor type, this one is for you. It's uh, it's, it's quite the episode, right? We got some cannibalism. We got some self mutilation. We, Mm -hmm. if you like that kind of stuff, and who doesn't really let's uh, <laughs> let's listen this Friday over at the Patreon. And that brings us to next week. Next week on the main feed, we are going back into uh, some territory that Scott and I aren't exactly super fond of. But if we're going to do it, we are going to do it with these guests, these very fun guests. So twofer. Twofer, is, folks. It's, a, it's a twofer. We got two guests next week. Uh, and they are coming on to discuss Dream Catcher. That's right. Once more into the shit weasel, <laughs> into shit weasel territory. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, uh, this will be a rollicking conversation with these these two uh, gentlemen. These are people that you know, people that we have worked with uh, in the podcast space before, briefly. And you know, it's just been a minute since we touched on Dreamcatcher. Uh, well, that's not true. We're touching on Dreamcatcher all the time. But uh, <laughs> the first time we we devoted an episode to Dreamcatcher in a very long time. And uh, these are absolutely the guys you want handling that. So that's happening uh, next Wednesday. And this is, it's probably worth saying that this is kicking off what is shaping up to be uh, just an insane parade of episodes. Actually, that kicked off this week with, with Tom Lennon. But uh, boy, do we it's- have a murderer's row headed at you. Hot and fast, folks. Right. Yeah, no, the, the, we are in discussions with some very cool people, to say the least. And the only thing that's keeping us from spilling the beans, uh, because they are so cool and we want to brag about it, is the fact that we haven't recorded yet and we don't want right. to jinx it. So if everybody who said they're recording in the next month or so uh, records, then we are going to we're going to be celebrating a little bit here at the KingCast headquarters. I'll put it that way. 
Yes. Much, much, much to look forward to. Yep, sweet. So, all right. So next week we have a couple of very funny gentlemen joining us uh, for Dreamcatcher. And this Friday, BJ with Survivor Type. And uh, in the meantime, rate, review us, iTunes, Spotify, whatnot. Five stars. Uh, Go buy some merch at uh, Cotet19. We got some good shit over there. And um, I don't know, just call your mom. Tell her you love her. Mm-hmm. Also, catch up with Shelbyville on the Patreon. Ooh, yes. This is our this is our pet project right now, and we are having a blast doing it. The people that are listening to it are responding very strongly. We have some right. big ideas, and there are some big names headed mm. to Shelbyville. In the we, we may have some future. guest stars coming coming to Shelbyville, which is our Stephen King themed RPG actual mm-hmm. play podcast that we have over at our Patreon. So <laughs> lots of stuff over at Patreon. Uh, if you haven't signed up already, go over there, patreon.com slash the Kingcast. Get yourself signed up and you'll get lots of treats. So many treats. Almost two years worth of uh, bonus episodes that are exclusive to the Patreon. I'm spoiling these motherfuckers rotten. I swear I to know. God. I know. All the time. And we will continue to do so. So you'll get your money's worth every month. We promise. Indeed. All right. Well, say goodbye, Scott. Goodbye, Scott. Goodbye, Scott. The KingCast is a Fangoria podcast production. The show is produced, hosted, and created by Eric Vespi, that's me, and Scott Wampler. Tira Ansley and Abby Goel are executive producers. Daniel Danger is our art director, and editing is done by yours truly. <laughs>